Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast with Pastor Joseph Gibson at Cranberry Community Church. We hope God speaks to your heart through today's message. Lord, I thank you for your presence here. I thank you for your constant provision, Lord. And as I always say, Lord, I just pray that you would grow your kingdom with every, every penny that is given, Lord. We pray that we would be about your kingdom and not our own, about your mission and not our own, God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, a couple real quick announcements. Uh, the first is it is Baptism Sunday, and I, I say this without any exaggeration whatsoever. I think this is my favorite day of every year. I look forward to it. Uh, and today, it kind of makes up for last year because we had historic flooding last year, uh, and it was a little bit scary, but we made it through. We had like trees floating by in the background, but uh, I went out there a couple days ago, and it's just gorgeous right now. So uh, whether or not you're getting baptized, uh, we want you to come out and be a part of this. Uh, it's a family celebration. We have 11 people signed up right now to be baptized today. Uh, we have uh, directions on the back table uh, that just spell it out for you. So it's on uh, uh, the end of Col Colbert Avenue in Oil City. Uh, it's in the Siverly area. So the back table, I think we have them out there as well. Uh, come out to that. Uh, and also, it's not too late if you want to get baptized. Uh, we usually, uh, this is the fourth baptism we've done, and so far we've had people sign up the day of every single time, so it's really no problem at all. Uh, we do a celebration. We have a potluck going on. If you didn't bring any food, that's fine. Just come eat. Uh, we have cake because it's a celebration. We have a photographer there because we want you to remember this day. It's, it's an awesome day, and I am uh, extremely excited about it. So uh, today, hopefully, I won't go on too long, too long so we can get out there. Um, let's see. The one other announcement, it is a private property, uh, and the lady who owns this property, uh, she... Uh, she does it out of the, the goodness of her heart, but she does have one request from us, obviously, don't make a mess, but the other request that she has is if you smoke, she just asks you not to smoke for that couple of hours on her property. Uh, that's just her request, and we're going to honor it, so uh, please do that for us. And then this Saturday, the only other announcement, Saturday, so less than a week away, we're having something, uh, we're just calling it an outreach breakfast. So Dave Fisher here, wave Dave. Yeah, it rhymes. Uh, Dave, uh, Dave is planning an outreach for later this summer, maybe into the fall. Uh, and for the next uh, about once a month or so, we're going to be having a breakfast, free breakfast, free breakfast for you, uh, just to come out and hear the, what God's placed on his heart and his vision. And we're going to go out and serve the community. That's, that's what, part of what we're here for is to serve our community. So uh, right here at the church, 8 a.m. on Saturday morning, Free breakfast. Somebody say free. free. All right. Okay, so today we're talking about baptisms. We're, doing, we're talking about baptisms for three reasons. First of all, because uh, like I said, 11 people in here are choosing to get baptized today. And I want you to understand the decision you're making. What does it mean to be baptized? The decision you're making, we're going to talk about. Uh, the other reason is many of us have been baptized before, uh, but what's symbolic in baptism, uh, it's good to think, are we living this out in our everyday life? Uh, and then finally, there might be someone in here who's never been baptized and you're not planning on it. You're not interested in it. Uh, you might not have been baptized due to a lack of understanding or a, or a lack of opportunity. So today we're providing both understanding and opportunity for baptism. So we're going to ask four questions, four simple questions. Why, what, when, and how? 
My kids can ask those four questions over anything, and they do every single day. Uh, but why do we get baptized? What does baptism mean? When should you get baptized and how should you get baptized? And we're not going to waste any time. We're going to dive right in with why we should get baptized. Now, I could give you a number of reasons why, but I'm just going to give you one for the sake of time. And it's because Jesus instructed it. Because God says so. So when I was a kid, uh, anybody who's a kid, uh, you, you can't stand it when your parents give you that answer, because I said so. Nobody likes that answer, but the moment you become a parent, that's like the answer. I love that answer, and no matter, well, sometimes I'll give an explanation, but usually it's like, can you just listen to me? JR, a few years ago, climbed a tree, and, and I try to let him be a boy, like, you know, climb a tree. Well, the problem is he's, you know, 30 feet in the air, and the tree is about the width of my wrist. You know, I have no idea how it's holding him up, and I'm saying, get down from the tree, and I'm, I'm under him in case he falls so I can catch him and you know he's there why what when how why because I said so just trust that I know what's best well I could give you many reasons throughout scripture for baptisms but the only one that you need to know is it's because Jesus said so in Matthew 28 19 he said go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit now, baptism to some degree had been practiced actually for hundreds of years at least before Christ. Uh, it was a ritual in, in Jewish customs. Uh, and it was, uh, for instance, a man, uh, manner of Jewish cleansing. Now, here's why that's interesting to me. Jesus was never one to continue rituals for the sake of rituals or to continue traditions just for the sake of traditions. In fact, this is one of the things that he was criticized most about by the Pharisees was, you're not holding to the traditions of the elders. Uh, in Mark chapter 7, there's an, an example of that, where they say, why, why don't your disciples hold to the tradition of the elders and, and with a ceremonial hand washing? And Jesus says, you've let go of the commands of God to hold on to the traditions of man. man. In other words, I'm not interested in rituals for ritual's sake or tradition for tradition's sake. Yet when it comes to baptism, which had been a ritual for hundreds of years, not only does he allow it, but he commands it. He instructs it. He says, uh, this one we're going to hold on to. This one, because it's not just a ritual, it is a powerful moment in the life of the believer. So why do we get baptized? Because he said so. Because Jesus modeled it for us and he instructed it of us. Now, what does baptism mean? We're going to look at three quick points. We touched on them just a little bit last year when we did baptisms. We're going to go a little more in depth. Uh, but the first thing is this. Baptism is a public declaration of a personal decision. Baptism is a personal or a public declaration of a personal decision. If you've ever been married, uh, a part of the wedding process is sending out wedding invitations. A part of the wedding process is overpaying for wedding invitations. That's just part of it. You're supposed to do it that way, I think. But when you invite people to a wedding, there are a number of reasons you do this. One is because the more people that come, the more we give you money and gifts. And if we're just being honest, that's one of the main reasons that we invite so many people that we haven't talked to in years, but we're like, they're loaded. I'm inviting them to the wedding. <laughs> The other is we want people to celebrate with us, right? 
a wedding is a moment of celebration. But a third reason, and actually it's kind of a legal reason, if you're going to get married, uh, legally there have to be witnesses there. Everyone that you invite to the wedding automatically becomes a witness of your vows and your, your, your love and your, your commitment to one another. This is exactly what is taking place in baptism. Uh, this morning when people get into the water, uh, what we have is witnesses before them as they declare their faith uh, before God, uh, as they declare, I am putting my trust and my faith in Jesus Christ. Anyone in attendance is a witness of that. And it's kind of an important step of faith because in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus said, whoever acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. Today, uh, people are going to acknowledge before others their faith in Jesus Christ. Now, if you've been baptized before, uh, one of the things that changes after baptism is simply your pool of witnesses becomes a lot larger. So instead of just having church family surrounding you in this moment, uh, after you've been baptized, maybe it was years ago, you have an incredible cloud of witnesses. Hebrews says we are surrounded by witnesses, in fact, and you've probably heard the, the, the saying, don't talk about two things, religion and politics. And the problem is we've taken that too far where this personal decision for Christ is something that we only live personally and we can do that and not let anyone else know about it. Uh, the problem is that's not really biblical. We are supposed to live our faith openly before others. People should know that we are believers because we are surrounded by witnesses. The second thing that baptism represents is it's a physical image of a new spiritual reality. So biblically, if you just follow the model in scripture, baptism usually takes place immediately after one places their faith in Jesus Christ. So the imagery that baptism gives us is not, it's not of the, the act of baptism, it's of the act of placing your faith in Christ. So what I'm talking about in just a moment isn't because of baptism. Baptism just shows it. So, uh, for example, uh, the most basic thing is that when you place your faith in Christ and then you are baptized, the, the baptism represents that your sins are being completely washed free, washed away as far as the east is from the west. And Ananias said this to Paul in Acts chapter 22. He said to Paul, you will be the witnesses to all the people of what you have seen and heard. And now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized and wash your sins away, calling on his name. So the baptism is not what is washing his sins away, but it is symbolic of what is taking place in his life, that this, uh, his sins have been washed away. And we actually find this imagery way back in 2 Kings with an, a man named Naaman. Uh, Naaman, the Bible says, was a valiant soldier, but he was a, a man who had leprosy. And he heard there was a prophet named Elisha who was performing miracles and who could probably heal him of his skin disease. So he gathered up, the Bible says, nearly a thousand pounds of gold and silver, and he made his way to Elisha, fully intent on purchasing his healing. And what Elijah, Elisha said to him is just go to the river and dip yourself seven times. And the Bible says Naaman actually became really angry because he was planning on purchasing this and it didn't look like he thought it was going to look. So he actually didn't go to the river and, and 
he started to go back home until his servant said, maybe you should just listen to him. You know, he is the prophet. So the Bible says in, in 2 Kings chapter 5, that he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. The Greek translation of the Old Testament actually says that he went down and was baptized and when he came up, he was cleansed. What I love about this is it's also an image of grace because what we want to do in our salvation is to gather up a thousand pounds of gold and silver if we have it and say, God, I'm going to pay for you going to the cross. This is my payment for you going to the cross. I earned it to some degree at least, but no, what we see in Elisha is he says, I, I don't want your money. Just go be baptized in the river and receive the cleansing. It's actually a foreshadowing of the grace of God because you could bring a thousand pounds of gold and silver into this place. And actually, I encourage that church. You could do that if you wanted to, but it's not going to buy you anything because what purchased your salvation was the grace of God and the grace of God alone. What's represented in baptism is we go from unclean to clean. That means that where we used to not be able to approach God, now we can approach him because we have gone from unclean to clean. I was thinking um, about Barry Bonds. Uh, Barry Bonds, there was a controversy, controversy years ago because uh, he set the, uh, you know, the record for the most home runs ever hit by anyone. But if you, if you kind of watch his career progressively, uh, he started about the size of my seven-year-old, and by the end of his career, he's like 400 pounds of straight muscle, and he's just saying, I didn't do steroids. And they're saying, no, I, I think something's going on here. It's a little fishy. So they were saying, should he be in the Hall of Fame or not? Because he's, he's hit more home runs than anyone, so we should give him some credit, but he didn't do it the right way. So one of the solutions that was proposed was, we'll put an asterisk by his name. And that way you'll know that it wasn't done exactly right. You know, I think we do that in our minds at times. When we come to Christ and we accept his salvation, we accept his forgiveness and we say, you have cleansed me. But as time goes on, if we continue to sin, then we say, I think in the book of life, there is probably an asterisk ne next to my name that says, yeah, I saved them, but then they did all of this. But what we find scripturally is by the grace of God, your sins have been separated as far as the east is from the west. Your past, your present, your future sins have been separated from you as far as the east is from the west. The other thing that we find in baptism uh, is that they would go from one identity into another. For instance, they would go from slave to free, from uh, slave to fear, slave to anxiety, slave to sin, to a place of freedom. And in fact, there are some pastors who if someone comes to them and they say, I'm struggling with the sin, with an addiction to this or that, the first thing the pastor will ask of them is, have you been baptized? Because they have found that there is a power in baptism that releases us from the bondage of sin. And there is an image of this that I love in the Old Testament. It's probably not where you, you, you would think to look, but it's in the story of Moses and the Israelites. Because what happens when they approach the Red Sea uh, is they are, in that moment, slaves on the run. 
and they cross through the waters, and when they come up on the other sides, they are free. Have you ever considered that? The identity before crossing into the water and the identity on the other side. In one moment, they are slaves on the run. In the next moment, they are free from everything that has been oppressing them. That's something that's represented in baptism today is, is we go down into the water remembering our old selves, but coming up free from everything that held us down before. Now, if you have been baptized, I want you to consider that one of the greatest struggles of the people of Israel after crossing over the Red Sea, after crossing into the wilderness was their mindset often remained in Egypt. If you read through the biblical story, they were constantly saying, well, in Egypt, we had food. And in Egypt, we had meat and we had water. We had provision. And they're thinking back to those days of bondage for some reason as though they were the glory days when God has brought them into freedom. And we can do that in our faith when we've been baptized. We can be completely set free, except we have a mindset that's saying, no, I think, I think I'm still just a sinner. I think I'm still just a pretty pathetic sinner when Christ has completely set us free. The other representative what, in baptism is, is the crossover from death into new life. And in Romans chapter 6, Paul's writing and he says, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. What we are doing in baptism is we are identifying ourselves with the person of Jesus Christ. Uh, our culture today is at war with identity. They are teaching our children in the schools, you need to question your identity. You need to question your gender. You need to question. But what we have in scripture is our identity has been set in stone in Christ. And what we are doing in baptism is we are saying, I identify myself with the death and resurrection of Christ from this moment forward, down into the water, buried with Christ, out of the water, resurrected with Christ. Finally, this is more so a reminder than a, a definitive of, of baptism, but baptism is a celebration and not an obligation. Baptism, I don't know if I can say it much better than that. It, it is a moment of celebration. And, and I, I don't want anyone to feel today that they need to go in the waters because they have to, but they really don't want to. No, this is something to celebrate, church. You are identifying with Christ, with the forgiveness of sin, with the crossing over from spiritual death to spiritual life. It is something to celebrate. And after baptism... If you've been baptized for years and years, it's something to think about. Do I live a life of celebration of the gospel or obligation to the gospel? Because it's something, church, to celebrate. The Bible calls it good news, and that's not a misprint. Okay. So that is the why and the what of baptism. The next thing is the when. When do we get baptized? So I'll just look at Acts chapter 2. 
the day of Pentecost, when uh, the Holy Spirit falls and Peter preaches the gospel, and Peter says this in verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. On to verse 41, it says, Those who accepted his message were baptized. Those who accepted his message were baptized. If you look at kind of the biblical model uh, of baptism, this is basically how it happens. When people receive the gospel, they just get baptized. And, and in fact, in Acts chapter 8, when it talks about the Ethiopian eunuch, uh, Philip is ministering to him. And the Bible says that Philip just shares the gospel with him. It doesn't say that Philip is telling him all about baptism and what it means and how to do it. It just says he shares the gospel and the eunuch replies, hey, there's some water. Can I go get baptized? It was just a part of the gospel message. If you receive the gospel, you get baptized. Okay. All right, that's the why and the what. And very quickly, we'll go into the how. Now, this will quick, quickly answer a couple of uh, just common questions on baptism. I went pretty in-depth into this last year, so I'm not going to do it again uh, this year. But the first one is, is just the question of immersion versus sprinkling. Um, we immerse here uh, full immersion uh, simply because that's the biblical model. When Jesus was baptized in Matthew chapter 3, it says he went into the water and he came up out of the water. Uh, in the, uh, Acts chapter 8 with the Ethiopian eunuch, he went down into the water, he came up out of the water. If you look at just the language of the gospel itself in the Greek language, the word is bapto, which means to be immersed or fully submerged. Actually, if you're talking about a ship that has been uh, sunk, then you would use the word baptized that it was fully submerged in the water. It's interesting if you go through early church history and you look at how baptisms were performed, it, it got very, very specific. Uh, and, and they kind of, we have teachings from the first few centuries AD about baptism. They would say, hey, use living water. Um, so you, what we're doing today is considered living water. And they say, if you don't have living water, then use any water. Um, use cold water if possible. I don't know the reason for that. It may be the shock effect. If you can't do that, use warm water. And if you can't find any water, then it would say, then you, you do the sprinkling kind of as a third option. Something else they would do is they would baptize them and they would all, always bring them up out of the water facing the east. The reason they would do this is because Christ is supposed to return from the east. And what's in the west is California. And you don't want to be facing... <laughs> no. uh, A second question of baptisms is um, infant baptism. So what we encourage you to do here is if you were baptized as an infant, uh, I encourage you to make that decision on your own and be rebaptized. The reason for that is biblically, people make their own decisions to be baptized. I think you should make that decision for yourself. If you follow, again, kind of church history, infant baptism became popular as a incorrect teaching became popular. So that teaching was, you cannot go to heaven unless you're baptized. If you are not baptized, no matter your faith, you're out of luck. So what happened is, back in the day when, when uh, the mortality rate of babies and children was, was pretty high, they didn't often make it, uh, you know, because of 
They didn't have the medicines that we do today. They would say, as soon as that baby is born, you get them baptized because we don't know if they're going to make it. And if they're not baptized, they, there's no way that they're getting into heaven. So that's kind of the foundations of infant baptism. And it just kind of gained popularity from there. Uh, but the truth of the matter is baptism is not a matter of salvation. Yeah, it's not going to keep you out of heaven. Uh, baptism is uh, an act of obedience. But if you consider the thief on the cross, Jesus didn't say, you would be with me today in paradise if we could get off the cross and go baptize you. It just, it's not biblical. Uh, so uh, biblically, it is, you can come up, Renee. Uh, it, it is a decision that you make for yourself. So uh, that's all that, that I have uh, on, on baptisms for you. Again, I want to encourage you uh, to, to join us out there and celebrate with us today. So if you want to be baptized, you can let me know right now if you haven't uh, or right after service. Just come let me know. We have some T-shirts uh, for you to wear. But can you guys stand with me? Father, I thank you for your presence here with us this morning. Uh, and I thank you that we can know that it's going to go with us when we leave this place. Uh, I pray, uh, just Lord, if you're speaking it to any hearts right now, that you would give clarity and direction. Uh, I pray that we would always walk in obedience to your word and to your will. I pray that we would be a people who, uh, even after baptism, we would live that life, Lord, knowing that we have passed from death to life, that uh, our sins have been cleansed, God, and we would live a life of celebration because of it. So we invite you to go with us today, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So church, if you want to go uh, to the baptisms, the directions are there. Uh, and kind of the, the way we do this is uh, there are a few yard games set up there. So just kind of get there and hang out, get to know some people while we wrap up here at the church. And then we'll come up. Uh, we'll do the baptisms. We'll take pictures. We'll celebrate. And then we'll all break for lunch. They have a pavilion there. So it's an awesome time. If I haven't conveyed that yet today, then I need a new job. Okay. Uh, I hope to see you in about 10 minutes, church. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for a new message every single week. And as always, from all of us at Cranberry Community Church, may God bless you.